Well, I do know before we get started here, we're going to have, we're going to need to pray over a prayer cloth. But now before we do that, I just want to kind of explain what we're going to do. Because some of you may not even be familiar. What is a prayer cloth and why are you praying over this? That I don't understand what that is. So I want to, you know, it's important that we uh, 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 do everything that uh, according to scripture. And I want to make sure you understand what we're going to do. But back in Acts, in the book of Acts, when, when Paul was performing all of those miracles because the anointing was flowing through him, right? And, and he did many miracles. I mean, you know, the anointing is supposed to be flowing through us, and we're supposed to be doing the same thing. That's what Jesus said. He said, you'll do greater works than I because i got to go be with the Father in order to seize the deal for this covenant. i got to get out of here, right? Amen. So in other words, the anointing should be flowing through you. But as a result of Paul performing and all these miracles flowing through him, the anointing, and he, guys, he was so in tune to spiritual things. Yeah, well, that was, I mean, you can only imagine. And, but he, and because of all the anointing being so strong in his life, guys, they literally took his clothes, his old clothes, they took handkerchiefs, they took, they took every, anything that touched his body, guys, and then they would take those and then they would pray, take them to a sick person. They would lay those cloths on that person and the anointing flowing through that cloth. And because the cloth become a point of contact for that person's faith, that's very important. Remember the woman with the issue of blood? She said, if I can just touch his garment, talking about Jesus. She heard about Jesus. She had the issue of blood, been sick. She threw out everything naturally to get healed. But she said that if I can just touch, that was her point of contact for her faith. And then we know the story. She was healed instantly. And Jesus looked at her and said, daughter, your faith has made you whole. So that, and that the same principle is true with a prayer cloth. We should be doing this more. A lot of, lot of you know, some churches still do it. You know, it was very common in the 80s and the 90s, you know, in the, in the healing movements, right? But let me tell you something. The anointing is the same when Paul walked the streets of this earth as the today. We know the word is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The only thing that changes is how we operate and what's been made available to us. And I'm going to read this out of Acts 19, 11, and 12. Very short, and I'm going to read it out of the Passion. But it says right here, God kept releasing a flow of extraordinary miracles through the hands of Paul. Verse 12, it says, because of this, people took Paul's handkerchiefs and articles of clothing, even, even pieces of cloth that had touched his skin, laying them on the bodies of the sick and diseases and demons left them and they were healed. Guys, it worked then, it will work today. And this is why we do that. We actually keep the cloths on top of that top shelf. So if you come in here, guys, and you have a need with a family member that's not here, but they can believe in faith for healing or for a miracle, grab a cloth. We'll connect our faith and we'll pray over it. And you take that cloth and you, and, and if you need some instruction, I'll instruct you how to pray over that person when you lay that cloth on them. Glory to God. And we'll see the greater works that Jesus was talking about that we should be doing. All right, you don't even have to use one of our cloths. You can bring one of your own. It doesn't matter. I know some people bring small teddy bears and such for when it's a child that may be sick. Amen. Amen. So let's get after this thing. Emery, if you'll grab one, come on up. I'll tell you, is it okay to tell a little bit of what's going on here? All right, just so you guys know, Emery's mom, they found some polyps on her that are cancerous. 
right? And so she's got to go in for surgery to have these things removed. And so we're going to be praying, laying hands on this cloth, and we're going to be believing that the anointing will fall. We're going to, number one, believe for her complete healing. But through the process of the surgery, we're going to believe that the, the, the surgeons have God's hand on them as they go through this process, and they don't make any mistakes, and everything done is completely done correctly without any problems. But we're also going to pray for the Holy Spirit to be in her to give her peace and strength to overcome this guys because she's 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 mature she's she's in her 80s right so so this is a dangerous surgery naturally speaking amen so if you guys will stick one hand out as a sign of agreement michelle if you'll come up keenan if you'll just lay hands on this with us and we're going to pray. Father, we thank you, Father. And her name's Linda, right, Emory? Yes. We thank you for Linda. We thank you for her life, Lord. And we thank you that she is a child of your child, your child, Father. She has a purpose, a plan, Father. And this sickness does not have anything to do with that purpose or plan. And Father, we believe now that as we lay hands on this cloth, your anointing will fall, flow through this cloth. And when it is placed on her body and her faith is released, connected into your power, Father, we believe healing will come into her body. Holy Spirit, strengthen her body. Holy Spirit, you be with her to lead her and guide her. And we pray that as these surgeons go in to remove what needs to be removed, everything will be removed and her body will continue to grow and correct itself and line up, Lord, as that is exactly you intended it to operate. We speak life and we speak spiritual and we speak strength in her body from the top of her head to the bottom of her feet. Father, that we she makes it through this and we speak complete healing and most important father we speak peace in her heart peace and joy your joy and your comfort no worry worry is doubt and father we speak against that we rebuke it and we resist it in jesus mighty name father we praise you and we give you all the glory for this in jesus mighty name healing 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 in her body in jesus name father we praise you and give you all the glory amen 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 thank you Guys, we don't ever, one thing you'll learn at, at Compass Church, we never pass an opportunity to pray for our church family. You know, and I know, and, and, and it's not just praying just to be saying words. We intend, we pray intentional to see results, right? We're not going to do like the ones on Facebook where they put, pray, I have a backache, you know, and everyone just hits a button praying, blah, 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 blah. You know, that, that's not really praying. Now we pray and we confess the word in faith and we believe by God we're going to see some results, yes. right? See some because we're not here for entertainment. We're not here to just be speaking idle words. You know, Jesus didn't speak idle words. When he spoke something, it was important. It meant something, right? And that's what we need to, it's the way we need to be. All right, let's get after, let's get going. And I titled this morning, now listen, let me just say this. I hope you guys brought a notebook. I see a few people with notebooks. If you don't have a notebook, we have them back there in the bookstore. It's not a set, not a plug to get money. If you want one, go get one. We have leather, leather bound notebooks. Do we have any of the paper ones? We have paper notebooks back there also. Because I'm going to tell you something. Uh, sometimes it's good to go home and to go back over your notes that you get from church, right? Because you remember, I'm speaking by inspiration of the Holy Spirit, what God wants you to hear. And sometimes you don't grasp it all. Maybe I'm a little passionate in the moment or this, that, and the other, you know, I'll take the blame. Okay. Right. But I'm not going to blame. I'm not going to apologize for my passion. I do love what I do. But listen, point is, is sometimes it's good to go home and re-study those notes. I I have notebooks from uh, when I got saved in 1996 still in my office, and I I still read those. And 
and it is so amazing in my little chicken scratch. Some of it's faded. That's how that's how old they're getting now. But uh, I want to encourage you get 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 a notebook and take some notes, guys. These things these things are all of this is so important to your spiritual walk and your natural walk, right? So I titled today's message to please the Father. Okay, some of you with a, with a pen, you have to have a title. If I don't give you a title, somebody's sitting there the whole time going, "What's the title? What's the title? What's the title?" You know. Right, focus. It's okay. So I'm giving you a title to please the Father. Now, as I was putting this, putting this together and studying this out, you know, I was God dropped on my heart. He said, you know, He said, there's too many people in society today that are they want to please me, but yet they don't know how to please me. All right. Now, before you go too far with that, I'm not preaching a sermon on good works, okay? Because that's not how you please the Father. All right, good works are okay. That's a good thing. And I'll go ahead and tell you this, that you, you, the reward in heaven that Michelle is talking about that you're working toward is not based on your good works. As a matter of fact, when we, when we get to heaven, there's going to be a lot of people with notebooks of everything that they did, and they're going to be like, look what I did, God. But God's going to say, but what about this that I asked you to do? See, what you're working on, your reward in heaven, what you're working on is your obedience to do what he called you to do, Right? That's why it's important that you can hear his voice. And I'm not talking about an audible voice, but you understand his leading, which is by the Holy Spirit, that unction on the inside. Come on, that nudging to do or not to do something is very important because we want to obey God. But when we was putting this together, you know, God was like, people don't know how to, how to live a life that pleases me. And, and this is very true because I struggled with this when I got saved, you know. And, 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 and there's, there's a lot of people that are trying to please God in their own strength. Right. And, and what I mean by that is there's a lot of people trying to be good. They're trying to they're trying to overcome this, this sin. They're, they're trying to do this. They're trying to I'm trying to be good. I'm trying to do good. I'm trying to be I'm being I'm doing the best I can, God. But see, they don't understand some things. They're missing some things because God took care of all of this and he made a way for us to live a life that it, it is pleasing to him. In other words, he gave us a formula for us to follow. And I'm going to give you this today. I'm going to go ahead and give you what we're going to be talking about. Because I know some people check out really quick after 15 minutes, and I want to make sure you get this, right? But the three things that we're going to be talking about, if you're going to live a life that is pleasing to God, you got to understand something. The first thing you got to understand is spiritual growth. We've already been talking about that. But the next thing is, is God set a system in place for you to be able and to have the strength to live a life that is pleasing to him. And I'm going to tell you, that pertains to two other words. And this is going to blow your mind because most people are never thinking about this, but I'm going to show you. It pertains to understanding righteousness. Come on, this is a biggie now. That's a very misunderstood word. There's so many people that don't understand what righteousness means. They don't understand what righteousness is. They think that righteousness is doing the right thing or not doing the wrong thing, right? Eh, that's not right, but we'll, we'll get to that here in just a second. But is it, is it, is, is it pertains to righteousness, which is the path to holiness, which is just living a holy, sanctified life. Amen. All right, and we're going to get into this, and we're going to talk about this thing. Code. It's very important. Y'all are looking like y'all are asleep with me. Wake up. This is very good. This is, this is going to be, and it's not going to be two hours long. It'll be an hour and 50 minutes. So, no. <laughs> All right, so we've been talking about spiritual growth, growing spiritually, growing in the things of God, not getting into that. You can go back and listen to the podcast on that, as I encourage you to do. And last week, we talked about if you're going to grow spiritually, the first thing you do is you've got to clean some stuff up. In other words, you've got to sow God's word in your heart, but before you can sow God's word into your heart, you've got to take some trash out. 
In other words, you got to remove anything from your heart that, that, that will hinder you from spiritual growth. In other words, you got to take the baggage out, get it out of the equation, right? And then plant God's word into your heart, come on, so that it will grow and it will produce a good, 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 good product, right? So you got you to get all of that in there and then you'll grow spiritually. Now, ask yourself, why is it that we grow spiritually? And there's a lot of, a lot of reasons for that. That, uh, for that question. But the two things that I want to uh, point out is we grow spiritually so that we can understand God's per- precepts or his principles, right? We understand his word so with the, with the help of the Holy Spirit and we can understand that and so that we can understand his voice and him leading and understand his purpose and plan for our lives, right? I mean, you know, if you're living out the plan that God has for your life, if you're living in his perfect will, that pleases him, Right? But the other area I want to point out, and this is one that a lot of people uh, overlook, is the fact that we develop spiritual strength so that we can do things in our natural life that please the Father. Amen? Now, this is, this is where a lot of people, they miss it. They don't, they don't understand that, that they're dealing with sin and they're dealing with problems in the earth and they're dealing with all of this and, and they're, not, they're not ever getting over that hump. But it comes back to not understanding how God, the equation God set for them or the way that God made set in place for them to overcome the hump. And that has to do with righteousness, understanding righteousness. Stick with me. Y'all are looking at me. With, you, you, you'll understand this here in just a second. But God wants you to live a holy and a sanctified life. And there's a lot of people walking around trying to live a holy and a sanctified life in their own strength. Now, how many of you know you cannot do it in your own strength? Right? right? It's not going to happen. You can now. All right, we'll talk about that more. And just saying, go with me to Ephesians chapter four. Ephesians chapter four. I'm going to read this out of the Amplified. It really, it really. Now this is the. Uh, we're going to go to 22 through 24, and we're talking about the, what he's talking about right here is uh, uh, the the life that God wants us to live. Where am I at here? Here we go. I'm, all right, I'll, go, I'll start in verse, in verse 21. And it says, and he, he says that we're talking about living a life that's pleasing to God. It says, number, verse 21 says, If in fact you have really heard him and have been taught by him, just as truth is in Jesus, revealed in his life and personified in him. Verse 22, this is where we want to get. It says that regarding your previous way of life, we're talking about before you got saved. Now, how I many of you know we had a, before we got saved, most of us lived a life that wasn't too pleasing to God. I know I didn't, right? And that's just the simple truth. We were sinners before we got saved, right? But he's talking about that. He says, regarding the previous way of life, if you're going to live a life that pleases me, this is what you need to do. He says, you put off your old self. Remember we talked about when you got bored again, you, the new creation on the inside of you, your spirit man on the inside of you. Something happens right there, right? Your old nature dies and you get a new nature, which is God's nature, right? But you've got to make the change. You've got to put that off. In other words, you either got to keep walking in that old nature or you've got to walk in the light of the new nature. You know, that's why people ask all the time, why is it he gets saved on Sunday, but Monday he's right back in the bar? Well, the change took place, but we, just like Michelle said, Pastor Michelle said, we, we've been given free will to choose. Now he has to decide which one am I going to walk in. My old, my, in the light of my old nature, am I going to walk in the light of my new nature, right? Yes. And that comes in, that's a process. That was a process of growing spiritually and learning to live a holy, sanctified life, right? But he goes on, and he keeps saying, he says, put off your old self, completely discard your former nature 
which is being corrupted through deceitful desires, desires, and be continually renewed in the spirit of your mind. Renewing your mind on the word of God is having a fresh, untarnished mental and spiritual attitude and put on the new self. The regenerated and renewed nature created in God's image. This is what you've got to put on. This is what happened. It's what took place in every one of us when we got saved. But God's not going to force anything on us. You're the one that has to put that nature on. You're the one that has to yield to that nature and live according to that. Right? You've got to do it. Right? And he goes on, he says, put on the new self, God-like, and this is how you're going to do it, in the righteousness and the holiness of truth, living in a way that expresses your, to God your gratitude for your salvation. I mean, you know, when you're living a life that's pleasing to God, come on, that's, that's just letting him know, Father, thank you for what you've done for me. Because when you understand righteousness, and we're about to get into that, guys, because righteousness woo, is, is one of the most misunderstood subjects. But when you understand it, guys, it's what opens the door and makes it possible. And so it gives you power so that you can live that holy, sanctified life that we have to, that, we're, that pleases God. Amen? Amen. Lord God. So... All of that's only going to happen through the power of God that comes from you pursuing spiritual things. Now, this is, and this is, this is the thing, and God, when, when he was showing me these things, he, he said to me, their focus is wrong. Which he was saying that too many people are focused on worldly things and not focused on spiritual things. And he brought me to this verse right here. I'd known it, read it many times, but, but I hadn't read it in quite a while. But it says, it says Romans 8, verse 5. And it says, for those who live according to the flesh, set their minds on the things of the flesh. Right? So if you think about that, I mean, if you're living in the world, what are you thinking about? Worldly things, fleshly desires. You know, if you're caught up in, in some, some, some type of a lifestyle, right, that's hindering you or that's hurting you, that's based entirely off of the world, that's what your focus is going to be on. Right? And you can always tell what someone's focus is on by just looking at the fruit of their life. Right? I mean, you can see it. I know that from watching Kay- Kaylee, and we've, since she's been a part of our church, and you can, when you hear her talk, you hear, hear in her conversations, and, and, and I'm just using her as an example. There's a lot, a lot of you that like this also, but I know in her lifestyle, even though she's been through some stuff, but how many of you know I've been through some stuff too? But right now, I can understand where I see where her focus is. She doesn't have to tell me where her focus is. I can see it in the words that are coming out of her mouth, in the actions, in her lifestyle as she's walking the streets, right? Come on. And that's what we need to be. And he goes on to say, but those who are living according to the Spirit are focused on the things of the Spirit. Guys, that says it all right there. We need to be, our focus has got to be on the things of the Spirit, our focus has got to be on God. Our focus has got to be on the Word. Our focus has got to be on, on, on all of that. So, guys, the reason that's important, guys, is because that's where the power of God comes on you, right? And when I was studying this, God, he, 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 the Holy Spirit led me. He told me, he said, he said, any time that you saw the power of God show up in the apostles in the early church, what were they doing? That's what he asked me. And the more I thought about it, I was like, Wow. I'm sitting there thinking, I'm at my desk, and I'm just sitting there, I'm petting my dog who sleeps in the little top drawer on my desk, you know, and then we're just sitting there thinking about it for a minute. I'm like, they were focused on spiritual things. 
I mean, that's what they were doing. They were, as a matter of fact, I, and I found, I started searching. And I found Acts six four, and it says that, that in this particular situation, they were they were giving themselves to prayer and the word. They were focused on that, guys, and as a result, the power of God came on them. Right? And we'll talk about that some more here in just a second. But simply put it this way: if you want to grow naturally, you got to go to the gym. But if you want to grow spiritually, guys, your focus needs to be on spiritual things. Right? Spiritual. We need to see the, the moves of the Spirit. We need to see the, the power of the Holy Spirit operating in all of our lives, guys. It's not optional. This is something that we need to get back to. And we need to see, we need to see the, the fruits of the Spirit definitely manifesting in our lives. Amen? And listen, when you go through that process, that's where you get to a place where, you can, where no matter what you do in this life, it'll be pleasing to the Father. Now, we're not going to be perfect. I understand that. I'm not saying that, but I'm telling you that you can overcome and you can overcome the, 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 the lust and the desires and the sinful nature of this world, guys. And it's all through the process of understanding righteousness. And this is this very, we're getting there. We're getting there. And I know y'all are like, come on, pastor, come on, come on, come on. Because you can't, and don't ever forget this, guys. Talking about being focused on spiritual things. And you can tell when people are, are, are focused on spiritual things or they're not because it's not about condemning someone or convicting someone. It's not, nothing about any of that. But eventually, your lifestyle tells on you itself. Right? right? I mean, I don't, I'm not digging and I'm not looking and I don't I love all of you, you know what I mean? And I know we're not perfect, but, but your actions say so much. It's like when, we have, when I sit down to talk with somebody, I try not to say nothing. When we're trying to, we're trying to figure things out and I'm trying to see where they are and maybe they need a little counseling, a little advice and I'm just letting them talk because eventually they're going to say, and you're going to see some things. They can pretend for a little while, but eventually it comes out and then you can realize some things, right? And you, you got to remember something, guys. You got to keep your focus on world, I mean, on godly things, right? Not worldly things. Cause let me tell you something, as you spend time fellowshipping with God in his word, Guys, it's the power of that word, which is the Holy Spirit, will come on you. That's when he will begin to separate you from sin and any unnecessary thing this world throws against you, right? But it only is going to happen as long as your focus is here or on his word, God or his word, instead of the world. I always point over there. There must be something bad on that side of the building, you know. But, that's, but I always do that. But you understand what I'm saying, right? Where is your focus, guys? People are trying to too busy caught up and they're trying to do it themselves in their own strength, which is not going to happen. But the more you do, you're trying to develop your relationship and the more your focus turns to God and in his word, guys, the Holy Spirit knows your heart and he starts getting in there and he starts intervening and things start happening. The power of God falls. Supernatural strength comes, guys, and you can do some things and your desires change from the old worldly way that you used to be. But it all comes by keeping your focus here. Here, you know, that's why it's like, I always talk about, you got to be reading your word. I know y'all get tired of me saying that, but I've been saying that ever since the day one of this church, but you got to be reading your word. Yeah. I've got to keep you guys focused on spiritual things, right? Because let me tell you something, when you're so focused there, that's when God import, imparts spiritual strength. And grace. Let me just say that one. We don't talk about grace enough, but God will impart grace for you to overcome anything that this, this world throws at you. And that's how you, that's the only way. Through supernatural spiritual strength and grace, that's the only way you're going to be able to live the life that he asks us to live right there in Ephesians 4. 
That's the only way you're going to be able to do it, guys. Why we grow spiritually, right? How many of you want to please God? All right, y'all are still awake. Good, y'all are still with me, right? All right, so it's got, if you're going to live a life that's pleasing to God, you've got to grow spiritually, you've got to understand righteousness, and you've got to live a holy, sanctified life. Sanctified just simply means set apart. So what Scripture says, set apart from what? The world. I'm back over here again, the world, right? Y'all are all going to sit over here next Sunday. You know, but listen, all of that is only, it's only going to happen if you're focused on spiritual things, right? Now, so we covered spirit, growing spiritually. If you weren't here, please go back and listen to those podcasts. And I'm going to dive right in and talk about righteousness and holiness. Now, I'm going to tell you something. Righteousness, I, I really could preach a series on righteousness, but I'm going to hit the high spots here because I need you to get just to get the just. I need you just to understand what it is, guys. And it's been so it's 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 been so mistaught. You know, I, I was I thought, well, I'm just going to Google sermons on pursuing righteousness. All right. Notice what I said. Pursuing righteousness. You'll understand this here in a minute. You won't believe how many sermons came up. Allison's grinning because he knows what I'm talking about. Right? There's a lot of people pursuing righteousness. And it's because there's confusion over what righteousness means. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's because it has the word right in there. Right? And if it has the word right, I think people think, well, if, you're just, if we're just doing what's right, then we are righteous. Right? And they're, un, they're confused about what righteousness is. I'm getting there, guys. We're going to talk about what righteousness means, guys. But let me, let me I, I was, I'll tell you a, a quick story. I was uh, talking with a guy that I work with up at the lake, and we were having lunch, and we were just sitting there. You know, we just eat at the convenience store, so we're just sitting on the bench or the ground or the curb, wherever, and just talking. And he's, he knows I pastor. You know, I try not to tell people I pastor because everybody's demeanor changes. Y'all have no idea how lonely it is to be a pastor because when they find out they're being a pastor, nobody wants to be around you. Nobody wants to talk to you. You know, they feel like, well, if I say the wrong word, you know, he, you know. But anyway, he, this guy, he's known me for a while. We just see each other over there, up there every now and then. He was, I said, how things been going? I knew he had been going through some stuff. And he starts going down this list of things that were, he had been going through in the past. I hadn't seen him in a couple of weeks. And I mean, it's like he's listing them all. This, this problem, that problem. Now, he's overcome them all. And I'm sitting there thinking, would you stop giving glory to Satan? You know, don't do that. Because that's all he was doing. The problems were gone. They were dealt with. They're out of the way. And by bringing them back up, you're just bringing glory to what Satan's doing in your life. And he don't need no glory. Right? So I'm thinking all of that. And I'm, I'm like, just please get to the point. You know, yeah. please, where are we going with this? But at the end of it, you know, bless their little hearts. What Brother Hagin used to always say, bless their little hearts. No. But you've you got to be patient. And at the end of it, this just got right under my skin. And I know it was straight from Satan himself because I understood what I was preparing for this week. At the end of it, he goes like this. He said, well, you know, Pastor. And he leans over on the hood of his truck. We just pursue in righteousness. We all down here in this life pursue in the pursuit of righteousness. And I looked at him and I thought for a second. I said, are you saved? He said, yeah, I'm saved then you're righteous. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Let me clarify something for you. Because the people even get righteousness and holiness confused. Living a holy, sanctified life. Let me just say it like that. Right? In other words, doing good things. They even get that confused. Let me just tell you something. Righteousness is who you are yeah. as a result of what Jesus did for you. And when you understand it and understand the reason we were made righteous, guys, you're un, you can be unstoppable. There's nothing that can stop you, right? Holiness is something you do. 
Righteousness is something you are, not by anything you did, not by anything I did, but because of what Jesus did. You are righteous. You have been made righteous. And holiness, living the holy sanctified life, is what you do. The pers- that's what you're pursuing. That's what you're working towards. Amen. You got to get this, guys, because there's too many people getting beat up, getting kicked around, and they're trying to do things and overcome things that, that God made a way. He made you righteous so you can't overcome anything that this world throws at you, right? And I'm going to show you that here in a second, but there's so many people in bondage right now because they don't understand this illustration. They're trying to pursue it. They're trying to gain righteousness. They're trying to do enough good works. Ooh, come on now. There's a lot of people trying to do that. And they're being held in bondage because they don't have the understanding. Let me tell you something. Everybody say, I've been made righteous. righteous. Now get a revelation. Just let it sink in. I like what Pastor Michelle, her illustration, when she illustrates this, is so cool. She always stands up here, you know, she's this this tall, you know, and she stands up there. But she says, I'm a lady. Now this illustration may not go good in society today, but she says, I'm a lady. God made me a lady. I'm not fighting to be a lady. I'm not taking medicines to be a lady. I'm not going to be a lady. I'm not trying to do this to be a lady. I'm not trying to do anything to be a lady. I am a lady because that's who I am. That's who I are. You know, (laughs) put a little Alabama language in that. But listen, you are righteous. You're not pursuing it. You're not trying to get it. You're not trying to do enough good works for it. Let that sink in because it's important that you know that you're righteous. And I'm going to show you that, right? Because you remember... Remember, uh, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, you're, you became a new creature. Your spirit man was made new, right? And verse 21 tells us, if you read on down through the, through the whole, whole, whole uh, chapter right there, verse 21, it says you were made the righteousness of God. And righteousness, guys, just means a right standing with God. You know, before Adam sinned in the garden, he had right standing with God, yeah. which as a result, he could do things. He could walk with God. He could talk with God, Right? And so, and he lost that place. He lost that place of standing when he, when, when he, he, when he committed to sin and he, when, when Adam fell, you guys know the story of the, of the garden. I'm not going to go through all of that. When he lost it and, and we, and as a result, because we're his descendants, God had to make a plan or he made a, he had a plan because he needed us to be redeemed back to our rightful place of sin. I mean, you've got to understand, guys, you have been redeemed from the curse of this land. That scripture tells us. What does that mean? That means you've been put back in your rightful place of standing. You've been put back into that place of righteousness. And as a result, you get benefits. There's perks that come with it. We'll get that here in just a second. But Hebrews 5.13 says, for everyone who partakes only of the milk if you're going to be a baby in Christ, is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a baby. What does that mean? That, that just, being unskilled in the word of righteousness, guys, just means that you do not understand. You don't have a clear understanding. You don't have a revelation that at the very moment you got saved, guys, and this is important, guys, that you, the moment you got saved, you became righteous. Yes. And guys, that, and by not understanding that, guys, that leads so many Christians to try to accomplish righteousness through their works, right? Don't get hung up on works. Good works is good. We want to do good things. We want to go help Miss Diane. We want to go do whatever God leads us to do. And and that's good because I'm going to tell you something. Good works will not make you righteous. If that was the case, we wouldn't need Jesus, right? Right. Come on now. It's just a simple truth. 
lot of people are looking at me. Y'all look at it. Listen, you're not pursuing righteousness. You're not doing anything special to get righteousness. You're not trying to purchase righteousness. You're not, you can't do anything to gain it. It is a free gift from God. Romans 5, 17, out of the passion. It's a free gift, guys. But how do we receive gifts from God? Shell just told us. Faith. Why do we preach so much about faith? Man, there's so much dependent on your faith. You believe in. You receive. I mean, if, if there's a promise in the Word and, it's, and you, you, it's for you, it's for, you know, that promise is for anybody who will grab hold of that Scripture and believe it's yours, right? And you receive it by faith. Faith is very important. Romans 5, 17. Righteousness is a gift. You're not trying to gain it. You're not trying to do enough good works to get it. It says, death once held its, us in its grip by the blunder of one man, talking about in the garden, death reigned as king over humanity. But now, now, thanks to Jesus, how much more are we held in the grip of grace? Woo! And continue reigning as kings in life. I don't know about you, but I'm reigning as a king. Woo! That right there make you want to give you a little, want to make you jump and shout and woo! enjoying our regal freedom through the gift of perfect righteousness in the one and only Jesus, the Messiah. Guys, righteousness is a part of God's plan of redemption. It's not based on anything you do. It's not based on anything I do. It's based on what Jesus did for us. Amen. That was weak. What Jesus did for us. Let's go to Romans. Come on now. I'm going to get you guys out of here. This is important, guys. Go to Romans. Chapter 3. I know I get a little passionate, and that's, that's okay. I want, you to, I want you to hope you get some of that passion, because I'm going to tell you, that passion will help you when you get out there in the, in the world dealing with some stuff, right? Because that means you know, we got to deal with some stuff, right? But I want to show you what this is. This is so cool. Uh, Romans 3, cha- uh, verse 21 and 22. And I'm going to read this. Yeah, I'm going to read this out of the passion, too. It says, but now independently of the law, the righteousness of God is tangible and brought to light through Jesus, because of Jesus, the anointed one. This is the righteousness that the scriptures prophesied would come. Now it's here. It is God's righteousness made visible through the faithfulness of Jesus Christ. Because of Jesus going to the cross, we are now righteous. And it says, and now all who believe in him receive that gift. And this is what's so cool, guys, as because you receive it, if you receive that gift by faith, it goes on and it says, for there is really no difference between us. Glory to God. Guys, that's pretty good right there. Because we've been made righteous, we've been put in our right standing with God, there's no difference between us and Jesus right now. We're... Guys, we've been put back where we should have been all along, where we should have been, should have stayed. And guys, as a result of that, because there's no difference between us, that means the moment you accept Jesus and that the old sin nature died, all right, and a new righteous nature, God's nature came inside of us, right? It was imparted. It was born in you when you got saved. Guys, as a result of that, sin no longer has dominion over us. Righteousness set us free. Set us free. Go over again. Guys, we now have a righteous nature. Now, this is why you need to understand it. 
Why? Because you have a righteous nature. It's yours. It belongs to each and every one of us. I don't care if you got saved yesterday or if you've been in scripture for 30 years, you are just as righteous as one another. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. The reason you got to grow spiritually is to understand you're righteous, right? But you're righteous guys. And now as because you're righteous, you've been placed back in your rightful place of standing. Why did God need to do that? It's so that we can boldly go before the throne of God without shame, not hung up on our past sins, not hung up on all the... See, there's a lot of people hung up. They can't see themselves righteous. Well, you just don't know what I did. Well, you're the one that has a problem with that because Scripture clearly says that when you repent, God doesn't remember it anymore. When he looks at you guys, he's not looking at this worldly vessel. He's looking at the new nature, the righteous nature. He sees a righteous Tim sitting there. He doesn't look at the things that, well, Tim didn't do anything, so we'll find somebody. But no, he didn't look at the, the things, the mistake, past mistakes. Don't get hung up on that. That's the enemy playing tricks in your mind. Because if he can keep you not understanding that you're righteous, then you don't understand that you can go to God boldly, stand before him, make a request, and have him hear your petitions, guys, and explain. Expect by faith to see results. <laughs> Glory to God. Guys, that's why you got to understand righteous. You can go to him, go to the throne room of grace, woo, and confidently say, God, I need your help. I need your power. I need your grace. And God will give you grace, guys, for whatever the situation is, guys. And if you believe it, have faith, and you receive it, amen. Guys, that's why you got to understand. It's why, why people aren't overcoming they're, they're hung up in trying to overcome a sin. They're hung up in trying to, oh, this, this sin is just my burden. I got to carry it all my life. No, you don't. You're righteous. Go to God boldly. Proclaim by faith and expect results and believe. You'll see it, guys. It'll change. It'll change. Don't, if you carry it around and pet it and name it and feed it, it will be yours the rest of your life. Right? Let it go. Get rid of it. We have to get rid of guys. I know. It's just, it's a simple truth, guys. But God will give you, God gives you grace to do these things and grace. To, and guys, it's through that God, through the power of God for you to do whatever it is you got to do comes through that grace. It comes to that. That's why it's so important to understand grace. I mean, if you, Acts 4.33, it says, and, and I'm not going to get all into the, what's happening right here is the, uh, the apostles are, 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 they're witnessing. How many of you know you need power to witness anymore? If you, if you hadn't been out there trying to share some Jesus, then you don't, you, you don't understand. But I'm going to tell you something. You need some power. But that power comes from that grace. Because look what, what it says right here. It says, with great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. They're, trying, they're sharing what they saw. But they're doing it with great power. And, and guess what it says? And great grace was upon them all. Guys, the power for them to witness came from God's grace. Came right there. And God will give us the grace that we need to do and to overcome anything this world throws on. Guys, but you've got to understand something. You've got you to stay in faith. You've got to believe it. You've got to believe it. Because I'm going to tell you something. You can make the grace that God gives you of no effect just simply by not believing. Simply, faith is everything. You cannot, there's, there's people say all the time, I tried faith. You know, I try, you don't try faith, you just do it. Yeah. You know, you don't, I tried that grace. I had a guy tell me, he said, I've tried, or it was a lady tell me, I've tried that grace. That, God don't give you, I don't, I'm, you don't try it, you do it. Right. You just take, you believe. 
Unwavering belief. That's what faith is. And that's what we're called to live by. Unwavering belief in what? In Jesus, in God, the power, his power that he will supply your needs, that he will open the doors. He will give you the provision. He will give you the strength. He will give you the joy. He'll give you the wisdom. He'll give you the leading to do what he's called you to do. Amen. Come on. All of us have a purpose and he wants us to succeed in that purpose, right? I'm going to tell you something. That power comes by grace. Comes through grace, right? Listen, we've all been born again and we've all been made righteous so that we can stand before God, you know, so that his grace and his power can come on us to do everything that he's asked us to do. And, and, and it's not something we have to work for. It's not something we have to try to get. It's a, it's a free gift. It's a free gift. And, I'm, and you receive it by faith. And, you know, I, I said a minute ago about how, uh, 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 you know, a new believer is just as righteous as a mature believer, right? And, and one of the biggest uh, benefits of understanding righteousness is getting your prayers answered. That's just all it is. When you understand who you are, you're confident, right? I mean, I, I, where's Miranda? She's, Miranda, she's, in my opinion, and I'm not saying this because she's in my church, but she's the best photographer I've ever seen. Just blow me away. Nothing, no offense, Tony, but, you know. <laughs> you, you know she's good. Hey, I'm talking about wedding photographer, and, and, and Tony's the best sports. There we go, the balance. But Miranda, seriously, she is. I've watched her work, and she's very organized, so talented. She's just very gifted at what she does. But I guarantee you, and the thing about her is she's real quiet and everything, but she's confident in what she, she knows what she knows. She's confident in what she knows. I mean, I can't go back there and tell her, well, you need to do this and you need to do that. But no, and she may slap me in the face and say, no, I know how to do this, right? She's confident, guys. We've got to be the same way about understanding who we are in Christ. Because the, it all depends on whether or not we're going to get our prayers answered. Because when you understand that you're righteous, there's no question about it. When you have a problem, when you have situations arise, and you're focused on spiritual things, you boldly step in that throne room and say, God, I need the grace. I need the power or whatever the situation may be. But if you don't understand that righteousness, guys, you'll get pushed off. You'll get kicked to the curb. And then the enemy's just smiling. I got him out of there. I'm trying to separate him. I'm doing everything I can. If I can, if I can get him and keep him focused on thinking he's not righteous, because that's where a lot of people get. Well, you just don't know where I've been. You don't know what I've done. Stop getting hung up on that. Right. Yeah. God's not looking at that. He, when you repent it, it's gone. But if the enemy keeps you thinking on that, then you can't see yourself as righteous. You can't see yourself as able to go before God and actually expect results and answers to your prayers by faith. You got to get it, guys. You got to get it. You got to get it. Glory to God. Amen. But a, a new believer that just got born again can get their prayers answered just as fast as a mature believer if that new believer understands who they are. Because, you know, some people are pretty arrogant. You tell them something, they'll take, it to the, they'll take it to the bank, you know. You tell them, you know what, I think you can, and you convince them, I think you can jump off that cliff, I believe you'll fly 300 feet. Really? I'm going. You know, some people will go. Where's Ryan Decker? He would, yeah. But, you know, <laughs> if they understand it, they would, right? Because you're righteous. You're made righteous. And it's, it's all because of Jesus now. Here, I'm, I'm watching the clock, guys. And, but you're, and listen, you've got to understand something. We're made righteous, right? I think you guys get that. You're made righteous so that we can live a life that's pleasing to God. But we're made righteous because it gives us the right, puts us in rightful standing to stand before God and to go boldly to his throne and ask for his grace and his power to get our prayers answered. 
That's why God made us righteous. Because see, before we weren't worthy to stand in his presence. We weren't worthy to do that. We had to, be, we had to be redeemed. We had to be put back into that place again. And that all happened because of the blood that Jesus shed on the cross. Right? So let's talk about holiness for a minute. Right? We're made righteous so that we can work toward holiness. This is very simple, guys. I've only got six pages of notes. No, I'm just kidding. Right? But holiness is a different matter. It's a completely different matter. See, we, see we, it, it's, it's completely Holiness doesn't happen naturally, right? It doesn't. Amen? It doesn't happen. As a matter of fact, holiness, we're not made holy. Holiness or a sanctified life or holy and holy is a result of your choices, guys. It's a result of what are you doing in your spare time? Are you focused on the world or are you focused on the spiritual thing? aspects, right? Because if you're focused on the world and then you're fussing all the time because you just can't ever get over the hump, well, the problem is you need to turn your focus. Because if you got your focus here, the power of the word and the Holy Spirit's coming in there and he's going to start making those desires go away because your desires have changed. You're not, but if you keep your focus here and here, your desires are shifting, right? And you're constantly, sometimes you're doing in the world and sometimes you're here and so, you know, and, and the only way you're ever going to get over that struggle, guys, is you got to understand who you are in Christ and you got to keep your focus on him, right? So that you can live that holy sanctified life set apart from this world, guys. All of that only happens naturally when you make the decision of your own free will to live according to God's precepts or principles in his word. That's the only way it's going to happen, guys. Because you've got to remember something. God wants every one of us to be so caught up in spiritual things, so caught up in spiritual things, guys, that we lose all interest for any carnal things. Yeah. Amen. He wants us so far pursuing him with all of our heart. It's a heart thing. Where's your heart? He knows your heart, but where is it? Guys, and when you understand that because of what Jesus did, he made you righteous and you can go, ooh, glory to God. That's how you're going to get to the place where you live a holy and a sanctified life, guys. This is a big one, guys. But righteousness, you're not pursuing righteousness. Please get that out of your head. You are righteous. Yeah. Righteousness is not doing right or wrong. I, it, it, lack of knowledge. Righteousness is a gift from God. And I'm going to tell you something. And, and we got a great little book back there called In Him, 30-something pages. If you wonder who you are in Christ, take one. I went on those books. There's a, you can, if you can make a donation, there's a donation box. If you can't take them, those are resources for anybody that comes into this church. Get it. You need to understand who you are because there's benefits that come as a result. And I'm going to tell you about understanding righteousness is the, it's the understanding that is a matter of getting your prayers answered and having the power of God and the grace of God fall on your life so that you can overcome anything this world throws at you. Amen. All right, let's pray.